bow our heads for prayer. Please be seated. Heavenly Father, as we gather this day, mindful of your word and its power for our lives, and mindful of the stand that, that Martin Luther took for it some 500 years ago, we pray, grant us the strength in our lives every day to take a stand for you and for your word. Bear witness to the gospel of Jesus Christ. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We often mark, in fact, history marks the beginning of the Reformation as being October 31st in the year 1517, where we are told that Martin Luther's 95 Theses against the practice of the sale of indulgences is nailed to the castle church door in Wittenberg. We remember that we celebrated the 500th anniversary of that act last year. But sometimes in our way of understanding history, we think that everything was formulated and everything was clear when Luther took that action. But it's really a period of time before the teachings and the understandings of, of the Reformation of Luther himself become uh, if you will, a part of the fabric of the Reformation and, and what it's all about. You see, it's not until 1521 as a part of the Diet of Worms that really the solid impact of the Reformation begins to take place. Because, you see, it was at that time where Luther had to take a stand. And so the question before us today is, stand where? Where do we stand? If you ask people in our world today, what do you stand on or where do you stand in life? You get a whole multitude of answers. I was amazed when I Googled that. All of the things that come up where people stand in their lives and what they stand for and and quite frankly, some of it was somewhat disturbing. Luther took a stand. But in order to understand, no pun intended, the whole idea of, of where we stand and, and what we're all about, we really need to go back a little bit in history because I love this story from Exodus chapter 3 where God is there in the flames of a bush and yet the bush is not consumed and Moses comes and God says to Moses, take off your shoes for the ground upon which you stand is holy ground. So the question is, 
Why does God want Moses to take his shoes off? Is this the same kind of thing as, hey, you're coming into my house, please remove your shoes because I don't want all of your germs and stuff on your shoes tracked all over my house. Is that it? I read a recent study that says there's just as many germs on our bare feet as there are on the bottom of shoes. Not sure I really believe that, but... Why does God ask Moses to take off his shoes? I think, and this is my opinion, but I'm sticking to it, I think so that it's his feet are in direct contact with God's holiness. Stand on holy ground. Why does God invite us to the sacrament of the altar? So that we who are unholy can be touched and come into contact with the holiness of Christ himself in body and blood. Because you see, holy overcomes unholy. The waters of baptism overcome our unholiness as God clothes us in his righteousness. Holy. Where do we stand? What ground is it that is holy in our lives? As Luther began to explore the word of God and things became more clear to him, he began to understand that what we need to do is to stand firm. That we need to stand firm on the word of God. And so in those days, in the early months of of the year 1521, as Luther appears before the emperor and the leaders of the church, he is asked if he's going to recant all of his writings and all of his works. And he gives a rather lengthy answer. But to sum it up, he says that his conscience is captive to the word of God, and to go against the word of God is not right to do. I will not, I cannot recant. Here I stand. So help me God. Sometimes we forget what those words Could cost him. He knew that in uttering those words, that his life in this world was most likely over. That he would be arrested and that he would be burned at the stake for his faith. And yet knowing that, 
He finds his strength and his courage in Almighty God to stand forth and to confess his faith. It's after this point in time that Frederick, the elector of Saxony and Luther's protector, has this symbol embroidered on all of the cloaks of those who served in his court. The first letter of the Latin words in a phrase which says, the word of God endures forever. For Frederick began to understand that it's all about the word, that we stand in the word of God. And in standing in the word of God, we begin to understand what it means to live and to stand by God's grace, that we are saved not by how well we live in this world or by the things that we do, but solely by a God who sends his Savior into our world to die in our place. That God's grace is an undeserved gift given to us because God loves us so much. We heard those words, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And so we live and we breathe and we function standing in God's grace and standing firm in our faith in this world. This faith which seems to be more and more every day under attack. What do we stand for? And where do we stand? When I did that Google search, I saw all sorts of things and the energy that people are willing to put their lives into. But I had to search long and deep before I found anybody who was willing to say, I stand for Jesus Christ. Because bottom line, that's what really matters. And that's the truth. We stand for the truth and for righteousness. And the truth is not always an easy thing to stand for in this world. People always want to call into question the truth that we live by. We hear those age-old questions that date all the way back to that third chapter of Genesis. Did God really say? Or to the struggle of Jesus in the wilderness, if you are the Son of God. See, the devil's always working to undermine the truth of God. The world doesn't want to hear the truth of God. And I, I, I rack my brain because, you see, I don't, under, I don't understand it. I don't get it. Because the truth is this. We're a sinful people who cannot heal ourselves from our sinful condition. So God sends his son to die for us on a cross and he gifts that to us. Our redemption, our forgiveness, gifted. And all he asks is this, 
belief. That's the simple truth. And the world wants to reject that truth. I'm reminded, and some of you may have seen the film, I'm reminded of this line. You can't handle the truth. The world can't handle the truth. Why? The truth of who God is and the power of his law, as our text reminds us today, strips us to the very nature of who we are as sinners. It exposes our selfishness, our greed, our pride. It exposes the lies by which we live. And none of us likes to hear it. We like to live by the lie that everything's okay with me and I don't need God. We like to live by the lie that says I've got life in my hands and I'm handling it just fine and I don't need God. We like to live by the lie that says, you know what, when you die, you die and there's nothing else afterwards and so I don't have to worry about eternity or its consequences. And I don't have to be accountable to anybody but me. We all do it. The world just does better. I kind of like living by the lie. Yeah, I can drive as fast as I want. There's no highway patrolman around here. Any of you else try that from time to time? Anybody discover that your lie is a lie? <laughs> I, can, I can fudge the numbers on my taxes. Everybody does it. Truth hurts. <clears throat> we can't handle it. We heard it earlier. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and no one is righteous, not even one. But you see, God in His love gives Christ to us. And the simple truth is that if we cling to the cross of Christ, then we stand on solid ground. 
and that all of the sinking sand around the world doesn't matter. If I cling to the cross, I have my salvation in Jesus Christ. If I stand on the word of God, then no matter what man does to me in this world, I have eternity because of Christ. It's hard to tell from this picture. These words are carved into stone. A tombstone. In the face of death, we have life. As Luther stood before those who held his life in, his, in their hands, he gave his solid confession, not afraid of what they can do, and God saw to it that his life was spared and he protected him. You know, we often like to give credit to Prince Frederick who saw to it that Luther was kidnapped and secreted away and put in a place called the Wartburg Castle. And I know some of you have been there. But God uses his servants in this world and he used Frederick to protect Luther so that the truth of what was being taught could continue. That we can continue in our lives today to stand on the solid foundation of the word of God in all of its truth in the face of a world who doesn't want to hear it. That we can stand by God's grace knowing that our salvation is not dependent upon us but upon God himself. And that when our faith struggles in this world, that we can cling to the cross and know again that our faith flows from Christ himself in all that Christ does. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Where do we stand in our lives? Where do we stand when Satan confronts us with a temptation to deny our faith or to minimize it? Where do we stand when someone attacks us for what we believe? We stand on Christ. In his name, amen. And now may the peace of God which passes all of our human understanding Keep your hearts and minds in the true faith of God in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.